This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. All right, welcome to the show. I'm Adam Ritz, Jay Baker, telephoning in for this edition of the Public Affairs Show, a.k.a. the Adam Ritz Show. Jay, how are you? I am doing great and live from the pandemic closet. One of these days, I guess we should reset this, one of these days we'll be face-to-face. We usually do this show in studio. Uh, But for the past several months, uh, we've only seen each other maybe three times total, and those three times we're at a... uh, an off-site meeting, not necessarily a broadcast. So I'm looking forward to one of these days getting back in studio. Still don't know when that's going to be. Yeah, I don't either, but it is interesting. We've sort of uh, adapted to uh, a new work schedule. It's kind of interesting. And as much as I'd like to be in studio with you to do the show, uh, I have to admit this is very easy to do. And I, I would have to guess that most Americans that have been forced to work from home uh, for whatever reason, if they had trepidation or didn't like it or at the start wanted to go to the office, maybe they've settled into a groove where they actually enjoy working from home now. It does make you wonder. We, uh, you know, we've chatted with some of our colleagues and they have adjusted to, like you said, this, uh, this kind of work at home thought process. So the office is becoming more and more distant with each passing week. You save on gasoline, you save on shampoo. (laughs) Yes, you do. (laughs) Uh, You save on razors and shaving cream. Uh, But uh, it is, uh, there's nothing beats face to face. So uh, we are looking forward to someday uh, getting back in studio. Uh, Let's do, let's maybe set a goal before the end of the year, before New Year's Eve. Let's do one show in studio. We'll sit, uh, you know, 10 feet apart from each other. And uh, and see how it goes. Yeah, sounds good. We'll give it a try. All right. I uh, wanted to start the show today with uh, a few stories I've seen. Uh, do you remember selfie sticks? Oh, yes. Well, uh, we've reached a, a milestone. It was five years ago that selfie sticks were banned at most theme parks. And a lot of uh, uh, businesses, restaurants, um retail outlets a lot of people followed the theme park lead and just banned them because they're so dangerous they're they're almost weapons well they are weapons if you take the phone off the end of it you've got a it's a a sword (laughs) yeah i mean it's the knife of death dangerous yeah and then you know we were always told told as kids you know don't ever have a stick and do any kind of running or moving because said stick of course put out an eye so it was in 2015 that every single Disney theme park, Six Flags parks, uh, and most U.S. landmarks, many museums, state fairs, and uh, most professional and college events said no more selfie sticks. And if you think about it, there's not a, a worse idea than getting on a roller coaster with a four-foot <laughs> metal wand lightsaber yeah. it's just not it's under category of not a great idea yeah. uh so uh i guess happy birthday to the five-year ban of uh, selfie sticks the world is a safer place uh here's one for you with your kids 
and allowance. Did you do uh, allowance when your kids were little? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And of course, you know, constant negotiation. It was like dealing with uh, like little heads of state. Yeah, you know, I, my wife and I, we, we didn't do allowance. Uh, it never, it never really came up. I mean, we had the tooth fairy that, uh, maybe the teeth were falling out so, so often <laughs> that it seemed like we were giving them uh, money every week. Uh, but experts say ages five to eight are considered a good time for starting allowance. Uh, one rule of thumb suggested is 50 cents for every year of age. So a six-year-old would get three bucks a week. 50 cents. That's not bad. Um, is that uh, still in effect for us as adults? Because yeah. I'm doing some quick math. Maybe yeah. that's not too bad. <laughs> that would be <laughs> that would be better pay than uh, the public affairs radio show industry. Potentially. Uh, for sure. Uh, the uh, experts say to hand over the allowance at the same time every week. Uh, to keep track through the year, you can give your child 52 homemade IOUs for them to exchange for the weekly allowance to make them feel like you know, this is uh, to get them ready for the workforce, I guess. Yeah. And um, experts are divided over whether or not to tie the allowance to household chores. I, I would say, I'm no expert in this, but I'd say you got to earn that money. Do some sure. dishes. Mow the lawn. Yeah. Do something. Earn your keep. Well, well, especially as your kids get a little older, you know yourself, it is tough. Uh, it's not because kids are necessarily, you know, sort of have like a quote attitude. Some children are just tough to motivate. Uh, my friend has like literally the sweetest daughter on the planet. He asked her to sweep out the garage and it took him almost a month of <laughs> almost, you know, making her feel guilty about it to finally get it done. So and it wasn't from maliciousness. She just was not motivated. Well, you know, it, it sometimes is apparent too. It's easier to just go sweep the garage yourself. And yes, I've been in that position where I'm like, gosh, it's going to be pulling teeth to get my daughters to do X when I could just do X myself and be done in four minutes. I don't have five minutes to argue about this. It could be done in four minutes if I just do it myself. That's uh, a great point. And I would advise uh, don't just do it yourself. The fight is worth it. If it takes a month, and a bunch of time to get your daughter to sweep the garage, stick with it, because that'll pay off for her. Uh, Plus, down, that's a great job skill. Yeah, you know that. You know, it's something you can fall back on when, you're, when your professional career goes down the tubes. <laughs> you can always pick up a broom and sweep somebody's garage. That's right. Need your garage swept? It is uh, cancer, I'm sorry, Child Cancer Awareness Month, and, um, you know, it's, it's odd. I, I wouldn't bet my life that October is Child Cancer Awareness Month. That's uh, when this show is airing in October. I just saw this a few days ago that it was Child Cancer, oh, Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. St. Jude uh, is one of the best organizations in the country. They make sure that um, children and families in need will never pay a hospital bill when they have uh, health and illness problems. Uh, and I, so I don't know if, if they were promoting October, getting ready for the next month, or if it was the uh -huh. end of September. May I apologize to our listeners for not knowing this. Let's just, for the purpose of this show, let's just say that September and October, that 61 day period is childhood cancer awareness months. It's a, it's a great cause, uh, to help out families and children. Uh, and if you want to check out St. Jude, 
uh, at stjude.org. A very reputable organization. I have a lot of contacts and friends in the radio industry that have done so much good work in volunteerism with St. Jude's Children's Hospital. Uh, and it's something to look into during Childhood Cancer Awareness Months. Plural. <laughs> yes. It's always a good idea. This is the Adam Ritz Show. It's uh, public affairs brought to you and underwritten by Vibonomics, a audio platform, audio advertising, and uh, uh, music uh, experience uh, business, media business that's uh, reaching retail stores across the country. You know, it might be better to explain it by just saying uh, background music, in-store music. When you hear the music inside a store and you hear some voiceover messages between the songs promoting items or advertising items, that is Vibonomics. You can learn about them at Vibonomics.com. Uh, I'm proud to say that Jay Baker and I both do voice work, so you might even hear our voices inside retail locations across the country. Um, and you can uh, click on Vibonomics.com to learn more. If you're having trouble trying to remember how to spell that while you drive your car, do not write it down. Just go to my website to click over to their logo. And our website is AdamRitzShow.com. Easy to spell, easy to remember, just like Jay Baker. Easy to, you, you are easy to spell and easy to remember. I, I wouldn't have it any other way. So what's uh, happening in your world of public affairs this week? Well, you know, if you're listening to the show, there's a very good chance you'll find yourself inside your car and Google Maps, which is a company that sort of maps now uh, overall uh, car usage, uh, said that uh, car usage is up 41%. And they, of course, can monitor that. It's not like Big Brother spying on you. It's, it's because of the government. They make it literally generic. But they can tell from the number of cell phones moving around the city at 30 and 40 miles per hour that car usage is up. And that kind of makes sense in a way. Have you noticed if you do go somewhere that uh, traffic seems to be, while not totally normal, closer to normal, certainly? I've noticed, yeah, higher traffic patterns. But I will admit, just the other day, I noticed in the heat of rush hour in a downtown metropolis, it was nowhere near what it should have been. Yes, I, I would say that you're correct. The traditional rush hours, ironically, some of the other hours, because people don't have to deal with a rush hour if they're working at home, it can be extremely busy at 11 o'clock or 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's uh, kind of all over the board. Slower, but uh, more of an uptick. This is per Google Maps. Well, if, you can, run, if you can run fast or, or bicycle fast, <laughs> you're skewing those numbers. If they see a phone going 22 miles an hour, how do they know I'm not on my bike? It could be you running downhill. By the you way, I'm that. not I'm not on my bike. If you if you <laughs> track my phone going 22 miles an hour, I'm in a car. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also they've noticed that there has been a a little bit greater uptick in motel, airplane and Airbnb. So some of those businesses are getting some reinvigoration. As you know, there's some concern, obviously, about the airline industry because airline travel uh, certainly took the first big hit during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. College football is back, and it's driving revenues. We talked about the fact that college football oftentimes is linked to small towns and small businesses. So the good news is with college football back, that is reinvigorating the economy in some of these uh, football towns. Uh, Adam is well-versed in West Lafayette, Indiana, a, a quintessential small town in America. 
and I'm sure they're ecstatic that football is back. Yeah, we'll have to see when the Big Ten season starts, October 24th, what they're uh, suggesting or restrictions are on uh, crowds or tailgating. Because I know, like you said, the local businesses uh, in and around Purdue University are going to want as many people in town as they can. Uh, but uh, there will be restrictions. Don't think that just because football's back, you can drive to campus and open up your tailgate and start frying up some burgers on a grill because uh, yeah. they might send you send you home if you show up. You're absolutely correct about that. And from watching college football last weekend, I saw a wide array from what I'd call minor tailgating uh, all to empty stadiums. So you're absolutely correct. It will have to be up to each individual uh, community as to what they're going to allow. Speaking of problems, we, we knew that there might be some. Uh, the Titans and Steelers NFL game is going to have to be postponed because a number of uh, Titans players have tested positive for coronavirus. So this is the first instance of this happening in the uh, young NFL season. And they will reschedule the game, is that correct? That is. It it will be rescheduled. It was scheduled to play this weekend, and it'll get rescheduled at a later time. I would imagine on the college level, if there are games that will be uh, have to cancel because of players with COVID, uh, they probably won't really go to great lengths to reschedule those games. I mean, these are you know college kids. Health and safety is the priority. And if you have an eight-game season and you have to have eight games to qualify for the national championship, there's a chance the number one team in the country, if they have a game canceled, they won't be able to play for a national championship. Yeah, that's a valid point and all the more reason to still take this very seriously. So you're absolutely right about that. Will you do me a favor uh, next week? Uh, I'm going to give you some uh, public affairs homework Uh, If you could do the research on this while you were talking and uh, you mentioned empty stadiums, it has been surreal to watch. uh, I was watching Major League Baseball uh, this week and there are cardboard cutouts behind home plate. There are uh, cardboard cutouts in football stadiums across the country. I've noticed uh, behind the goalposts, there are more cardboard cutouts, I guess, to give each kicker when you're going or, or when you're going into the end zone to score and or kick the extra point it just to make it look somewhat normal that there are actual bodies in those seats behind the the goalpost i, I want to know what the uh, percentage increase is in the cardboard cutout industry <laughs> talk about a business that has exploded this year well, there you go. If only you'd gotten into the cardboard cutout business early on, you'd be a magnate right now. If there's a time machine invented, I'm going back to March of 2020, and I'm going to invest in a cardboard cutout business. I'll tell you what, you could not go wrong because uh, absolutely it's that way. Uh, speaking of Major League Baseball, they had a problem with a couple of fans sneaking into the Indians-Yankees game. No kidding. Uh, that happened this week. And, yeah, they had to arrest them and lead them out of the stadium. So these fans obviously wanted to be part of it. And uh, it's pretty easy to detect when you're the only one in the stadium. You think, well, it's a huge stadium. <laughs> However, 
Yeah. <laughs> Since nothing is moving, you moving it, even if you scratch your ear, it's, it's going to show up, you know? So if you sit next to the cardboard cutout and, and you're three dimensional <laughs> and they're two dimensional, you're the yes. one, you're the one that's going to get arrested. The, yeah, the cardboard the side cutout shot. is safe. <laughs> Absolutely. And believe it or not, there was a fan in Fenway Park about a week ago uh, who was, this will be about two weeks by the time you hear this show, who actually broke into the stadium and then threw his hat on the field. So not the smartest thing to do. You shouldn't throw your hat on the field, even if full capacity crowd were there. So it's just interesting that uh, you you say to yourself, would these fans want to be in the stadium bad enough to prompt them to actually enter the stadium illegally. You know, we always talk on this show about how it's great to be the king, whether you are literally the king and queen of a country or you're just at the top of your profession. But you probably heard, Adam, and kind of sad relationship news, Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers are uh, splitsville. They're no longer together as a couple. No, yeah, it's kind, of, it's, so. it's kind of a sad thing. A couple of uh, wonderfully superficial kids who had embarked on a great relationship. Uh, it doesn't say here what they're going to do with the $28 million Oceanside Mansion they bought together and paid cash for last winter. Uh, so, so there's some real estate involved. $28 million, I know when you buy a house, you try to keep it under $30 million. Uh, so that's pretty amazing. 28, they paid cash. Wow. They paid cash. Yeah, uh, life's really tough. You know, if you've really thought to yourself that poor Aaron and poor uh, little Danica, they don't have much money. Uh, you know, if, if you go out to eat, you're buying. But apparently they were doing just fine. Just well, not fine as a couple, sadly. Some would argue that uh, the breakup has been good for Aaron Rodgers because he's having a great year on the field with no distractions. Yeah, I mean, you know, it is interesting. Sometimes you think uh, a relationship would be good, and sometimes maybe getting out of a relationship might be better. And uh, Danica, I noticed, is involved with a promotion. Uh, I have uh, a connection to Yacht Rock Radio, so I, I monitor all things yacht, as uh, mm -hmm. we say. She's doing a promotion with a yacht company where you can go to the uh, Le Mans or some sort of road race in uh, Monaco, I think. And, yes, and, yeah. The, and you uh, get to go to the race with her on a yacht. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, that race is known. Uh, it's a harbor town in uh, Monte Carlo. Yeah, and uh, it's uh, it's the home of many millionaires. There's no taxation at all if you live there. That's where Princess Grace is from, is uh, Monte Carlo. And the big boat harbor there, uh, you know, invites some of the world's greatest yachts. So yeah. hanging out on a yacht with Danica, you know, she's single now, too. So that it might be greater incentive. If she can afford a $28 million, uh, you know, mansion, she might be potentially a good partner for someone. How funny if Aaron Rodgers wins that contest. <laughs> Don't we mail in a bunch of entries for Aaron? Let's get him registered many, many times to win that contest. I want to see her face when they, they draw the winner. It says Aaron Rodgers from Green Bay, Wisconsin wins the contest. <laughs> Little Aaron Rodgers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, here's kind of a uh, 
interesting note and a sad note, um, we know that Jimmy Buffett, of course, made Cheeseburgers famous with a song called Cheeseburgers in Paradise. Well, about uh, 12 years ago, 14 years ago, he actually opened a chain of restaurants called Cheeseburger in Paradise. And at one point, they had over 34 restaurants, mostly East Coast and in Florida. Uh, the uh, years had not been so kind to them. You and I know we've talked about it a little bit on the show. As delicious as cheeseburgers are, uh, most nutritionists would not jump out and say, hey, these are really good for you. You know, wait, wait, the, whoa. Uh, cheeseburger this is, this takes is news a little bit to of me. I have <laughs> two a day <laughs> I, and I'm doing just fine. You're the king of the cheeseburger, and every time I see anything that uh, advertises a pretzel bun, I think to myself, oh, kind of glad you're not here because it would make you hungry for I, one. You I'll know? tell you, I, I will not eat a cheeseburger anymore unless it's on a pretzel bun. It's uh, it's the best way to have a cheeseburger. Uh, I've converted a few people. I have some people in my life. Uh, my mom is one of them that will not eat a pretzel bun with her cheeseburger. She can't stand it, but uh, it it's changed my life. So much so that when I go to a restaurant and I know I'm going to get uh, a cheeseburger, I'll bring my own pretzel bun with me. And I get a lot of weird looks from the people that work at the restaurant to the people that join us for dinner. They think it's, it is a little, I guess, from an outside perspective, I do look like a crazy old man when I open up a, a little glad sandwich baggie and pull out my pretzel bun to put their burger on. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, do you have a secret stash of pretzel buns at your house that you've got uh, stored away in your freezer? I, I do. Every time I, I go out grocery shopping, when I pass a package of pretzel buns, whether I need them or not, if I pa pass the package of pretzel buns, I will buy them. I will put them in my freezer. And uh, just yesterday I had a turkey and Swiss on a pretzel bun. I pulled it out of the freezer. I put it in the microwave for 28 seconds. It got all soft. Uh, it, it's great. And there's nothing worse than buying a package of pretzel buns. You put them in your pantry and then six, seven days later, you go to get to one, you go to get one and they're all molded. They're all molded. Oh, no. So you've got to be, yeah. you got to plan ahead. You've got to freeze them and, um, don't leave them sit in your pantry for a few days because they will go bad fast. We need to do a show on nothing but pretzel buns and get this thing started because I think if more people, would be pretzel bun advocates it would in, it would increase the production of pretzel buns i need to maybe i'll look into becoming the national spokesperson for the pretzel bun institute and if there's not a pretzel bun institute i might start it myself there, you, you might know, the, uh wendy's uh has a pretzel bun right now on their menu uh culver's usually two or three times a year brings a pretzel bun back and there's nothing more disappointing for me than Wanting that pretzel burger, going to the restaurant. They've been advertising this pretzel burger for the last three months. I go in and order one, and they say, oh, we discontinued the pretzel bun. Oh, I know. Darn it! It's the bitter disappointment of all that. Uh, and it was funny you said about a pretzel bun institute because we – I laughed. I was doing a radio station promotion where – uh, clearly marked on the bags of chips, this company that had had sponsored the event had said uh, that this company was proud to be part of the snack food council. And I thought to myself, council has such a, you know, what a, 
an official term, you know, a council of people, and it's, you know, a group sitting around a table coming up with snack food ideas. There is a lot of prestige that goes along with the word council, uh, more so than institute. I might have to, you're right. I'm going to, I'm going to start the pretzel bun council. Council, which, you know, that, that, that in itself suggests boardroom immediately. You know that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they've suggested during the pandemic that you definitely do something that's sort of beneficial for your mental health. And, and a lot of people have found different various things to do. Here's a thing that sort of is becoming a thing. And Adam, tell me if you've heard about this, it's called a five year plan. Does that ring any bells with you? A five-year plan uh, with your finances, or what are we talking about here? Well, it's basically a sort of a expansion of your life and sort of a game plan as to what you're going to do. Um, as you know, time can pass by pretty rapidly. So sometimes if you don't pre-plan for something, you might get six, seven years down the road and say, you know, if only I had, you know, insert whatever goal you had during that time period because of the time flies. So the five-year plan was based on the famous interview question when you sit down and they go, uh, where do you see yourself in five years, Mr. Ritz? And, you know, you're supposed to come up with a very good answer because uh, you want to try and impress that job interviewer. So the five-year plan is actually a thing. Experts say that you should break it up into parts uh, and do you want, do you want to hear? Cause you, who knows, Adam, you might be inclined to create your own five-year plan. Well, I have, a, I do have a five-year plan, although I, I'm going to go twice as fast. So it's a, it's a two and a half year plan. <laughs> two and a half year plan. Yeah. And there's certainly nothing wrong with that. My, mine is a, a two month plan. It's a 30, want. 30 month plan, which is two oh, and a half okay. years. I have a 30 month plan and it probably follows, follows along the five-year plan. Go ahead. Let's hear how this shakes out. Okay. Here, here's the main areas that experts say that you might want to take a look at health, relationships, money, your career, your personal, uh, any type of personal goals that you might have, like that one goal that everyone says they had, they wanted to be an astronaut. That would be a personal goal. Uh, you might think of ways to improve your home space, what you do for recreation, and then uh, service to others. Because if you think about it, it's part of the thing we talk about here on the public service show is sometimes we don't always stop to think, what can we do to help those in our community or help those in our, you know, around us? I do. I do have a 30 month plan and do you? Uh, it's very simple, though. So you mentioned, for example, health relationships, money. Uh, My 30-month plan is to have all of those things. (laughs) (laughs) My my plan is simple. Uh, It's a simple plan. When I heard your list, instead of saying, oh, I have some goals, I just said, well, yes, I would like a health relationship, money, and a career. Thank you. Uh, Yeah. Because those have been sadly lacking up until this moment. I've had a few of those things here and there over the last 30 years. I've never had all those at once. So, yeah, I I would like to have those in in three to five years. I thought this was an interesting concept. Um, If you write down and, you know, once again, the five-year plan, because it's your plan and it's personal. One of the things that's very interesting about that is, let's say you have a goal that you would like to be on time more often. 
um, you can actually get yourself into a situation where you improve just 5% every month. And over time, you have this like great improvement. So instead of saying, I need to be on time, um, you know, and you are regularly late to work, as long as you be a little bit late and not get fired at your job, you only need to maybe like improve one or two minutes over time, as opposed to, you know, they always say it's like steering a battleship. Uh, it's not going to turn on a dime. So go a little bit at a time. So if you do have a legitimate five-year plan, you probably can't uh, make everything change overnight, but it sounds good. Or you could do what Adam's plan is and fast track everything. Yeah. Just do a little bit of a five-year plan and just do it in two and a half years. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, I well, will you tell actually, you this. My goal, uh, let's make this goal together. Our five-year sure. plan is to continue to do this public affairs radio show five years from now. I would love that. Let's do it. Let's add stations, add listeners, add fun, add real uh, public affairs content uh, in somewhat of a fun, creative way that's not so darn boring uh, and, and keep this thing going for the next five years. You'll be around, I'd, won't you? Oh, I definitely will be around. So I think that's a great idea. And once again, then we have done a five-year plan, which is something we have encouraged our listeners to do because it's beneficial. Well, I tell you, if uh, if any of our listeners want to share anything interesting from their five year plan, they can post it on my Facebook page, and that is uh, facebook.com slash Adam Ritz Show, uh, which is also the website adamritzshow.com. All of these uh, broadcasts you're listening to are available in podcast form if you'd like to check them out. I'm also on Twitter, Jay. It's at Adam Ritz if you'd like to get involved on Twitter. Jay Baker, thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you all have a great week. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out-of-Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.